Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. The one last wrinkle that is really interesting to me, particularly in CPG, is a new media format that exists today, but we don't talk about it in the context of retail media, and that is product samples. I think of it as the most effective form of media because you actually get to try the product. It doesn't work in a lot of categories, but it certainly does in CPG, health and beauty. It's really going to revolutionize a lot of things in how we think about return on ad spend because Today, sampling programs are just thought of almost like TV. You throw some budget at it and you see what happens, but we have measurability. And so I'm really excited about what attribution is gonna do for product sampling. So I think it becomes a really critical piece to the full funnel retail media strategy. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, is 2024 the year of retail media? It's like asking me in 2010 if it was the year of mobile, like, and also 2011, 2012, 2013, <laughs> you know, it probably was a year of retail media. We're probably in our fourth year, fifth year of retail media, something pretty hot. I think the big question is, is retail media taking over the world? Is it so much more than what we thought it was last month or last year? Being part of a larger Holdco in Publicis, it is amazing to see how different people even define it. But you've been in this retail media space for quite some time. What's your take? My take is that obviously the ecosystem is maturing, but with that comes new opportunities and challenges. From a brand manufacturer standpoint, they're certainly more sophisticated. I think the pain points that brands have expressed for the last few years remain the same. There's no standardization, apples to apples comparison across retailers, across platforms. And then that goes across the buying, the formats, and all of that. Married with the fact that brands have gotten more sophisticated, they're putting retail media into their media mix models. And 
it's coming back unprofitable. And the reason is retail media isn't just media. It's your total cost to serve the retailer. And then I think this is going to get compounded in good and bad ways for the ecosystem because of cookie-less internet. Cookie-less internet is going to challenge attribution as we all know it. Most ad platforms have historically relied on cookies, both for building audience pools, doing prospecting, retargeting, and then reporting. This whole notion of putting a Facebook pixel on a checkout cart, that's going to undo itself. And everyone is going to want to leverage direct integrations with the retailers. The question is, one, how do you do that at scale? Like you could do it maybe with a handful, but how do you do it for the 5,000 retailers where your product's available at? And then the second is, how is this going to work from a margin game? Because Facebook is going to be giving up a portion of their ad dollars to Walmart and then vice versa. And I just don't know how this story ends where everyone is happy with the slice of the pie that they're getting. Nobody's ever happy with the slice of pie anybody gets. Let's just be clear. And it's not just because I love eating and pie is delicious, but because everybody believes that their total addressable market is sitting in somebody else's pie, if you will. So, you know, you talked about cookie-less internet coming out. This is the year, theoretically, of cookie-less internet. But it's not like it just showed up. We've known about this for five years coming. What do you think? What do you think's been happening behind the scenes to prepare for this David and Goliath battle, this Goliath and Goliath battle? On the platform side and the retailer side, there's a handful of instances where cookie proof attribution has been built. But you'll hear it from Andrew, who we're going to bring onto the show. That really only represents 10% of total inventory today. 90% of inventory isn't reflective of cookie-proof methods. And it's really, really hard to do that at scale when the retailer ecosystem is so fragmented globally. For example, if you want to buy Facebook display ads against Walmart audiences, that can be facilitated. But if you want to do that at a local grocer in Southwest U.S., that's much harder to do. I'll flip that. So what if you could buy in that special region on CTV based on Walmart data in that region? I would argue what the trade desk has been trying to do, which is to aggregate all the supply. Well, it's also aggregating the the supply of the actual products in store. So imagine you use ProfTerra data on what is in stock or what is not in stock in those actual stores, then buy programmatically on the trade desk off of the information that you're getting from the retailers. Pretty freaking cool. It would be. Or you could also use a platform like Micmac that automatically picks up on inventory and marries it to consumer demand. So yes, very uh, crafty players like Micmac and Profitero have been thinking about ways to move the ecosystem forward. More pie, less cookies. Exactly. Oh, look at that. We didn't even write that, folks. (laughs) You're about to be in for a real treat. We're going to bring Andrew Lipsman onto the show, who many of you probably know from his e-marketer days. He's been the voice of our industry from an analyst perspective. He's now gone out on his own. We're so proud of you, Andrew, as an independent analyst and consultant. But this is an individual who really has a holistic view of what's happening in the ecosystem of retail media. And we now will hear from him. Congrats, Andrew, and hello. 
Thank you so much, Rachel, Sarah. Great to be with you today. Well, you've done a really amazing job, I feel. First of all, jumping on the wave of retail media and riding it to the future for the industry. I feel like a lot of your coverage, at least in the last year, was very much focused on that. And so since you've been so involved in the evolution of what's happening in retail media, here we are, early 2024, our listeners, our brands, retailers, platforms, technology partners, what's your perspective on how retail media will play out this year? Yeah. When I started at eMarketer in 2018, I'd say retail media was not on my radar at all. I was covering retail and e-commerce Early on, it was about 10% of my coverage, but I saw a trend that I knew was going to become something so much bigger. By 2023, it was 80% of my time. So I've, I've fully leaned into it and continue to do so at my new company. So 2024, I think, is a huge inflection point in the space. It's really a transition between what I call retail media 1.0 and retail media 2.0. The 1.0 era was kind of the easy money of search. Most of that value flowed to Amazon, but certainly there were some other key players. 2024 is, is when some other aspects of retail media really start to kick off. The 2.0 era is what I call uh, moving up the funnel and into the store. And so there are two key things that I think are going to be at the forefront of 2024 conversation. The first is the shift into offsite ads, and then maybe even more specifically within that, streaming TV. Actually, eMarketer just came out with their latest forecast that has uh, streaming TV powered by retail media going from 0.8 billion in 2023 to 3.6 billion. So that's a pretty big step change in, in one year. The other one is the emergence of in-store retail media. The ad dollars are not going to flow to it in a big way, but this, this is the year that we're going to see digital screens really start to light up a lot of stores. We've seen big initiatives from Walmart, Kroger, Tesco, uh, Hy-Vee. So I, I think it's going to be much more commonplace to see digital signage, and that's going to start to really change the equation of retail media. On the topic of offsite, obviously that's near and dear to my heart at Micmac. And, you know, we've had a lot of brands play around in offsite retail media, whether it was via someone like the Trade Desk or Roku. And what we've seen from our seat is that brands are really questioning if the premium CPM is worth it versus just buying the inventory on their own. Have you heard similar challenges when it comes to offsite? I hear it across the advertising ecosystem. And this is a place where I think I'm somewhat biased, uh, maybe because I'm not spending the money. There is a there is a bias towards cheap reach. The issue is that sometimes you, you get what you pay for the cheap reach. In the worst cases, you're not even reaching actual humans. I do think that sometimes the premium CPMs are worth it, even though it doesn't immediately pencil out in terms of return on ad spend. I think you're paying for effectiveness. And a lot of the effectiveness that can occur in those premium environments isn't always captured right away through an immediate sale. Sometimes it's longer term brand equity or the value over time. This is the reality of spending money. You've got to weigh cost against effectiveness. I think at the end of the day, there's trade-offs and most brands should probably find a healthy mix between the two. And do you have a hunch why the growth is projected to occur in streaming TV versus offsite search or social? It's both. Okay. There's really a step change in all of offsite this year. It's just a bit more dramatic in streaming TV. And I think a big part of that is, listen, it was less than a billion dollars 
2023, there was a lot of connecting of the pipes between retailers and the media companies. Now that those things are, are coming to fruition, and obviously Amazon's a big player here, Amazon is, is opening up a lot more inventory on Freevee and Prime Video. So that's going to help it flourish. But offsite across open web programmatic and certainly on, on the big platforms is also really gaining steam. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Okay, so your bets for 2024 are focused on off-site and in-store. Let's pretend now we're three to five years into the future. Then what happens for retail media? If I cast it out a few years into the future, I think we're at a point where TV as we know it today has been completely revolutionized by the introduction of closed loop measurement. TV, and you know, this will be CTV, but it, it's always been the least measurable medium. And now you're bringing measurement into the equation and particularly in CPG and consumer brands, when you have the high frequency of purchase and, and the transaction volume, that's where you're going to see it start to really gain steam. In-store retail media, I said, we're going to start seeing screens in store, but it's going to take time for the ad market to get going. There's so many other factors that have to kind of happen first to make ad buying easier. You need more measurement. So the inflection point for this market really probably happens something closer to five years out. But I believe it's going to be the next major media channel. And it's where national advertisers are going to put major investments. So we're going to see that as we think about five years out. The one last wrinkle that is really interesting to me, particularly in CPG, is a new media format that exists today, but we don't talk about it in the context of retail media, and that is product samples. I think of it as the most effective form of media because you actually get to try the product. It doesn't work in a lot of categories, but it certainly does in CPG, health and beauty. And I think that it's really going to revolutionize a lot of things in how we think about return on ad spend because... Today, sampling programs are just thought of almost like TV. You throw some budget at it and you see what happens. But we have measurability around it because samples can be introduced to people based on their loyalty card data or through online transactions. And then you can see how do they purchase that brand over time. And so I'm really excited about what attribution is going to do for product sampling. So I think it becomes a really critical piece to the full funnel retail media strategy. I entirely agree. And one of the things that we've really seen probably within maybe six months of COVID hitting and the whole click and click boom taking off was how quickly 
Walmart adopted product sampling as part of the close and Collect program and started to get a whole bunch of folks in on that. Do you think that that actually had its moment and that moment should have lasted longer? Because now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't seen product sampling in Walmart clicking Collect in a while. Is that something that we you think either should be coming back sooner or coming back now, or you just know that this is something that is on the come? It's coming back. There have been starts and stops. And sometimes it just takes a while for our market to really develop and materialize and realize its potential. Uh, we saw that with grocery delivery, right? In the early days of Web 1.0. You mean Web then? Yeah, okay. it didn't, right. It didn't work out then. It just, it, it was too early. So some of these things are too early or, you know, all the value that's behind it isn't there yet. I think it's ready for prime time again. Amazon had Amazon Prime samples. Nobody even remembers this. And they pulled it back. I suspect Amazon will unveil prime samples again. Um, they like to tinker behind the scenes and then go back to market. So now that Walmart is doing it and they made a major announcement last year about product sampling initiatives and you're seeing it in Sam's Club and, and other stores, yeah. I think we're going to see this uh, start to catch a wave again. It's a great space. And frankly, there are brands that are really still struggling on how to adapt to their new product launches, particularly in grocery, how to do that today versus the earlier way, which was in-store sampling. So if you can't get people necessarily directly in-store, how do you get them around the store or in some other method for that last mile? The initial question I wanted to ask you was going back to the CTV conversation, because that's very near and dear to my heart, coming from a media background, but now merging digital shelf data with CTV activation. Do you think this is going to be an organizational barrier to hitting the stride that you're talking about in the next few years? Or is this just something that, is it organizational? Is it educational? What do you think is a barrier to getting these pipes better connected just in terms of brain space as well as adoption? I can concur. A lot of outreach from customers asking me for vendors in the space. Yeah, I mean, there are dollars flowing into CTV, right? Everyone understands that's the future, but the context is linear and traditional TV. It's an industry, as we know, that tends to move very slowly. So there are new aspects to buying new platforms. Amazon is where a lot of the inventory is, but traditional TV buyers are going to find that foreign in many ways. So some of it is just, it's going to take time to, to acclimate. We've had an inventory constraint up until this point in time, right? Last year, all of a sudden, there's a lot more CTV inventory that's opened up and then even more inventory that is going to be backed by closed loop attribution from retail media networks. So I think some of the key enablers have come into place now. But some of how TV budgets are going to continue to move will, will probably be a little bit slower than we would like. So, you know, there's this key theme that's running through everything, which essentially you're saying everything now will be measurable as retailers monetize their data. We're also sitting in this interesting moment in the ecosystem that we've all been waiting for since essentially summer of 2019, which is the deprecation of cookies. So obviously, Apple makes changes in iOS 14, and then Google needs to fight back. And Google announces that, hey, in the year, January of 2024, we'll begin to deprecate cookies. And, and here we are. And often, the deprecation of cookies makes even retail media more favorable to the ecosystem because it doesn't rely on cookies. I'm curious your perspective of this frenemy relationship that will continue to evolve between the retailers and the platforms. Because what the retailers provide is 
attribution that doesn't rely on cookies. And then what the platforms provide is inventory at scale, yet everyone's competing for the same ad dollars. So how is this going to work? Let me first talk about the inflection point that is happening in 2024 as cookies deprecate. And inventory is going to need to be powered by data. And it turns out retail media data is, I think, has always been better data. So we're going to see that really change. Today, it's about 10% of display ads are powered by retail media. There's potentially a future when the majority of them are powered by retail media. And we've already seen something like that happen in the past. And this was the rise of programmatic, where programmatic went from, you know, powering very few display ads over a few year time horizon to the vast majority. And now it's about 90% of all display ads are programmatic. I think that's the future of retail media. I have to credit my friend, Aaron Fetters, who, who sort of raised this point. And I think it was a really good one that this is the reality of the future of the open web and, and a lot of platform in inventory. To the point about this tussle between the retailers and platforms, yeah, it introduces some interesting dynamics where they want that profitable revenue and who gets it. And it really comes down to kind of who owns, who's the entry point for that advertising buy. What's interesting is you think about a platform like a, a Facebook, they are used to being where those transactions happen and they're facing a reality where in essence, they've lost a, a lot of data signal through the iOS changes and cookie deprecation. So there's still the biggest pool of, of display inventory on the web, but does Facebook increasingly become dumb inventory where they don't own the measurement and the measurement comes from the retail media network, but they still have all that inventory. It's a really interesting dynamic and it's going to create new power dynamics that we haven't had in, in some time when you know Google and, and Facebook pretty much owned everything. When do you think regulation comes in, right? Because here's a retailer that's playing all sides of the fence. And don't you think that a governing body like the FTC will get involved to try to regulate this and create opportunity for multiple people to compete? I'm not good at predicting this, but you know the the call the calls <laughs> for you know FTC intervention have previously been for Facebook and Google, and you know this will I think be the first year that they're actually combined for less than fifty percent of digital ad spend. So this is the nature of the game where it's it's not going to be dominated by a couple of players anymore. There are a lot more seats at the table. So yeah, a retailer now has a, a pretty interesting dynamic at play, but who does the FTC go after? Amazon is right now dominating retail media, but this is actually a moment when the omni-channel retailers are going to start to gain share and become much more important to the ecosystem. So I think that's healthy when you have a lot more power players and all of them are wrestling for that power position. So let's talk about the connectivity between CTV and commerce and retail media. The budgets are still held very separately. And even the knowledge that you can buy CTV based on digital shelf signals is so nascent and yet has such potential. Do we have an education barrier, an org design barrier, no barrier? What do you think? I mean, retail media, that's the thing about it is I think it ultimately touches everything. It touches the entire ecosystem. And that's why I think it's probably the most significant trend that certainly that we've seen in some time in marketing and advertising. And I ultimately think is going to be the biggest and most significant trend perhaps ever because of how far, far reaching it is. Where does it end? No, it's going to bleed into all these things. It's going to take budget from shopper. It's going to maybe reconfigure how we think about trade. 
So here's my question. Is it taking budget from shopper or is it just shopper is retail media? Is it CTV is retail? It's kind of like, again, 10, 15 years ago, we were calling things digital marketing. Do we call things digital marketing anymore? Is streaming TV TV or, or is it still digital? Where do you see the nomenclature beginning and ending, I guess? I like to keep nomenclature tight. So I, I think there is a room to keep uh, CTV or streaming TV and linear TV separate because they are different. There's different mechanics behind them. Um, I had this conversation 10 plus years ago with the rise of mobile. Isn't mobile just the internet? And I said, no, because you have the app ecosystem. Everything about how ads are bought and the experience that consumers have is very different. So let's call it mobile. So people were trying to kill the word mobile for years. And I was like, just don't do it. You know, shopper marketing, as I think of it, is traditional shopper marketing, but that's going to bleed into digital in-store retail media. And some of the budgets are going to come from there. Where do the budgets come from? The answer is everywhere. It's disproportionately getting incremental budget. Retail media is, but budgets are going to come out of TV. They're going to come out of shopper. They're going to come out of trade. They're going to come out of Facebook and Google. It's a little bit of everywhere. And, you know, let's be honest, to grow from 45 billion to 110 billion by 2027, it's going to have to come from everywhere. I think uh, an elephant in the room that we're not talking about and probably could be a whole different episode is the reality is within these brand manufacturers, retail media has to fall within a particular part of their PNL for tax purposes. Because of the relationship of retailers, it's not as straightforward. We are coming up against our famous last question. And I've known you for years and I have no idea how you're going to answer this, which is what's the bravest thing you've ever done? So I feel like people on this show have some really fascinating things that they've done. For me, I don't know, it's starting my own company. This feels pretty brave, venturing into the known. I say this as somebody who is not a natural risk taker. So it's been really fun. It's really exciting, but also venturing into the unknown. But I was also thinking about this recently. I love the early career brave moments. And I have one that I'd love to bring up to answer this question. And that was the first major speaking engagement that I ever had about a dozen or so years ago. I was speaking to a room at Scott Galloway's L2 Think Tank. It was like 200 people in the room. I was so nervous. I was so nervous for it. I get into the room and Scott Galloway kicks off the day and he does what Scott Galloway does. And he's an amazing speaker and presenter and kicks it off for 15 minutes. And I'm kind of wowed by this. And then he introduces a keynote speaker who is his good friend and finance professor at NYU, Aswat the Motoran, who somehow put Scott Galloway to shame as a speaker. And I think Scott Galloway would probably even admit that. I mean, this guy is so insightful. He's got the cadence, the way he talks, the body language, everything. I mean, he just kills it. And then I come up there and I'm so nervous. And I think my voice must have been so shaky and people, it's probably that really awkward silence that you get at the beginning of a speech when somebody's nervous. And um, it was probably just like dead air. And I remember I get a slide or two into the presentation and I show my first data, my first insight slide. And all of a sudden I see a bunch of phones come out and people start taking pictures of, of the chart. Then I get to the next slide and more phones come out and people are taking a picture of a chart and more and more. And so even though I'm sure I was shaky through that whole presentation, it made me realize that I had something that I could lean on, which was the content and the substance. And so that's something that I've carried through my career since then. To this day, I still get very nervous to speak, but I feel so passionate about what I'm presenting that I have to do it. 
I feel like that was a brave moment early in my career that got me to where I am today. I wish I could have been there. Scott Galloway definitely has a presence, but so do you. And we're so excited for you. As two fellow entrepreneurs, welcome to the inner circle and know that the fun's just getting started. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, if you enjoyed this episode on retail media, we often talk about retail media on the show, but particular episodes to look back to is when we had Charlie Chapel from Hershey's, as well as our friends from Lego, Kate Crowley and Luke Sabir for more of an international perspective of what's happening with retail media. And if you love hearing from analysts, we got to give a shout out to an analyst that we've often brought onto the show with Sutrita from Forrester, if you want to have a better understanding of our global economy. If you enjoy Brave Commerce, tell a friend, write a review, post on LinkedIn. We appreciate you listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking touch of truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts new episodes come out every tuesday i do hope to see you there